Welcome, welcome everybody to another workshop in the kiln. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the next principle in the GM's Dungeon Master's Oath from ICRPG, specifically part five, I Will Be Poetic. And this one takes a little bit of a turn from what we talked about in the last one of the I Will Be an Architect. And even Runehammer knows that these are kind of flips, um, two sides to the coin um, in the in the oath, being that architecture was very straightforward, literally studying architecture, all that jazz, very nuts and bolts uh, of, of the hobby versus poetic, which is much more of a, of, of an emotional approach to the game. And for him, he presented it as, as being poetic, waxing poetic in how we talk, how we present the games, how we relate things throughout the, uh, the game itself. Like if you look at the second edition core definition of I Will Be Poetic, it says that the poetry of a good story is a challenging and sublime skill that relies on practice and chance. It takes a brave soul to attempt the poignant, revel in sadness, be sensitive, and feel the hearts of your world cry out as the players ravage and rescue. You will, appeal, you will appeal to the humanity of your players, not just their treasure hordes. Make this your bow. And so even then, like how he presented that definition of I will be poetic was very poetic in the way that um, it challenges us to take more of an emotional approach to how we present ourselves and our games, how we revel and be sensitive. And we feel the hearts of what's happening. Um, with our players in our games uh, and touch on the things that are not just the treasure and the loot and the, the gold of our uh, of our world. And so that's kind of his, his approach. And I, I agree with it. Um, I overall, I do like a good combat. I do like a good system. Uh, but me as a GM, I am more of a, an emotional GM. Like I, I have a good handle of the mechanics. But if you're going to clinch me in a game, it's based off the feeling of the game itself, not on the mechanics or the scenario. Uh, if, if, I, if, 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 a, if a game makes me feel excited and feels, feels you know, interesting and I'm connected to it on an emotional level, you, you probably have me. Otherwise, you don't. I don't care how good the mechanics are or what the situation is. Like if the mechanics and the feeling, if the feeling isn't there, I'm, I'm, I'm checked out. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to talk today about, which is rather than trying to profess how to be pro poetic, because I, I don't think I'm a poet. I don't think I'm, I'm someone who can wax a big soliloquy or monologue in a way that touches the heartstrings of my players. But the emotion is what I want to talk about because that's something that does stand out for me. So that's kind of where I want to go with our conversation today. So, so put your put yourself in the mind of we're going to be talking about the feeling of a game. We're going to be talking about the feeling and how RPGs engages emotions, and it's a little in, intangible at times. All I can really offer a lot of the times is it feels this way. It's it, it, it's there, so very subjective. But let's start with the first one. As, as I was doing my uh, my research, the the first thing that kind of I stumbled upon 
was this dissertation about feel first design. Um, and it was this conversation on YouTube um, about the feel first design and kind of the, the criteria of what you could be considering as you're designing your games. And to make for more of an emotional experience rather than maybe something more cut and dry um, between the games. And so let's go over those ones because I thought they were really interesting. And even though like there's a there's a balance, I still think that there's some good merit in what we're talking about. So the very first principle that these um, that, that was presented was if you're looking for an emotional game or, or a game that touches on the feelings of your players and is a GM, the very first principle that you have to work on is buy-in. And I agree with this. Buy-in is super important for an emotional game. Not, And when I say emotional, it's not just sad or distraught or, you know, like heartfelt. Like emotions can be, an emotional game can be a super high energy, exciting, intense, adrenaline-filled game. It can be one with passion and meaning. It can have the highs, the highs, and the lows, and the lows. So an emotional game has is the full spectrum. But to get any of that, you have to have a buy-in. And it comes in two parts. You need both the GM and the player buy-in. So as I was thinking about it, what does it mean for a GM to buy into a game versus a player to buy into the game? And what's required? Well, when it comes to the GM, I think when it comes for for a GM to buy in, it, it really won the, the the emotion and the, the feel of the game that you want has to be explicitly stated. And you have to really want it as a GM. So it's like, if I'm looking for a, a high intensity game, a GM to, to, to buy into that needs to be explicit and say, this is what I am looking for. I am looking for high intensity. I am. I'm, this is what I want. This is what I. What I'm going to do. This is going to be my guiding light throughout the session. Is high intensity. Or hey, you guys, I'm. I'm really looking for something that's a little slower paced. Maybe. Maybe a little bit more dramatic. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Or I want something scary. I want something that's horror filled. I want something that's that's going to really touch on those, uh, like raise the hairs on the back of our head. Like that's the emotion that I want. And that's, you have to really want it. But for a GM to buy into that, you gotta be able to say it. You gotta be able to set those expectations and you gotta be looking for for players who are also in agreement to that. Because if I as a GM are looking for something, but the players aren't, my buy-in on that feeling is going to go away real fast. So the more open, concise, and honest we can be with our players as we're presenting what we're looking for, then hopefully we can find a group or people who can resonate with that and who are willing to help support that vision. But it will only happen if the player, if the GM is really meaningful about what they're looking for and, um, and willing to go after it. Now this flips over to the player side because obviously like the GM's buy-in is slightly dependent on the players because without players, the GM really can't do much. Uh, but when it comes to the player buy-in, it's slightly different because the GM is going to present, hey, I'm looking for this high intensity. I'm looking for this horror game. I'm looking for this dramatic game. Well, the players, one, they need that buy-in because they, they need to be able to hear from the GM 
Oh, that's what you're looking for? Okay, I'm on board. I uh, this I also want that. I also want a, a high-intensity game. I want a dramatic or scary game. But from there, the players, after that's been established, for players to maintain buy-in, I feel like there has to be a sense of ownership and collaboration between the players and the GMs in seeking out after that overall overarching emotional feeling. Because, like... If a GM, if I come into my players and say, hey, you guys, I want a high intensity game, but then they go, yeah, that sounds super awesome. I'm, I'm in. But I never give them an opportunity to actually contribute to the high intensity feeling. I always shut them down and be like, no, no, this isn't this is what you're what you're suggesting isn't good enough or no, your idea won't lead to the exciting moment that I already have planned. It's like I feel like that will strip away the buy-in of the players very quickly because they don't have any authorship in developing that emotional connection. And the more that players can help contribute to that emotional connection, the more buy-in that they'll get. They will see their own actions build the adrenaline. They will see their own actions develop the drama or the horror. And if things start to be dissonance, then the GM and the player can talk and discuss how can we realign ourselves so that we're both seeking out the same thing and now it becomes a collaborative effort rather than dissonant. And so that's the very first thing that I, I feel like it needs to happen for an emotion game. Both the GM and the players need to have buy-in in their different ways. The next one comes in a little bit as you like building off of that authorship of what we're seeking after is that GMs and players need agency then they need their ability for those choices to matter just like we were talking about in that authorship they um with when it comes to authorship like i was saying it was players can contribute they can contribute ideas or actions to the game but then agency is if i do this i want this to matter i have an idea of how it goes in so for a gm to develop agency in that game then there it needs to be a safe space GMs have to provide that safe space where players can choose to do things. And, and this is players, not characters. This is players. Where players can choose to do things in a safe space that will enhance the game versus taking it away. And again, that more information from the GM at the beginning will help players know how to make choices to develop that emotional feeling and that emotional environment to experience the game. And then for players to continue developing their agency and that, and that overarching emotional connection to the game, their choices have to matter. Because as players make choices and their characters do things, um, or when they have, make choices for their characters to do something, if their choice matters, that, that develops a connection. It, it ties them into the game because now they can recognize that they made a choice in this game and it has an impact and now they are personally connected to its outcome. So as a player chooses, hey, I'm going to leap across this ravine and attempt to save my friend from falling as the timer drops down to one, that's a choice and as they we see how the, the consequence of that choice happens, they will be emotionally connected to its outcome because it matters to them. They made that choice and it matters. So whether it's they saved them at their the cost of their own character 
that's gonna matter. Or they save them in an epic high high moment where they both they both make it across the ravine, that's gonna be a connection. And that will develop more of an emotional experience. And the GM has developed a space where the players can make those choices so that they have consequence and that they matter and they play into what's happening in the game. And so every time that's happening, more and more emotional connection is happening in the game and more and more emotional experience can be developed. This is an ongoing experience. It's not just a one and done thing. So that's so the first thing is getting buy-in from the get-go. This is what we're after. This is how we get it, both as a GM and as a player. And we're working together at this. Then agency comes in so that GMs can provide a safe space for them and for the players to make choices. And the players feel like those choices matter and can develop connections deeply into the game. Now, the last one is what was presented was fictional levers. The idea that there is an infinite number of levers that GMs can pull on to develop this emotional connection to the game. They can pull on the actions and the, the ideas of, of players and characters. They can pull on the consequences. They can pull on um, RP or just backstory connections. Like the more things that players recognize, like GMs classically like oh pull on a connection okay i'm gonna that that npc that you all really like i'm gonna pull on that one because you all love him you love that cabbage merchant um the cabbage man and, or whatever you pull on pull on the heartstrings he's in danger like that's a very cut and dry pull on the connections um to have a fictional emotional lever but there's there's infinite number and us as a us as game masters need to be constantly practicing and aware of what levers and connections we can pull on to experience and develop those feelings like how how can you pull on a, a choice to develop fear versus drama or adrenaline versus sadness like we need to be able to have the wherewithal to recognize levers and pull them in a way to, to achieve that overarching goal that takes practice that takes time that takes experience but it can be done now the players on the other side of having those fictional levers is it's a player's kind of responsibility to almost provide at least a slew of connections that GMs can work with. I really struggle, for example, with like the classic um, edgelord case. I get it. I know it's, it can be fun to, to be that case, but whatever. But like, for example, it's tough to deal with or work with player characters or players who are playing characters who are like, I am emotionally reserved. I have nothing. No, there's no, nothing. Nothing matters to me. It's like, I have. You're not giving me anything to work with, buddy. You're not giving me anything to develop an emotional connection to the game. There's nothing that I can pull on. That's that's tough. That's a really ch tough challenge. And so players, if they bought, if a player bought in, if if we've done everything up in advance, if. If we have buy-in, if we have agency, then hopefully players are more willing to provide connections and engage when GMs try to pull on those those strings to get the the experience. Um. So let me let me give you give you uh, an example of of this one right now. So I'm currently playing. I see JD is here. But we're currently playing in a play-by-post of uh, of the waste is not kind, and it's going awesome. Okay, I'm I'm 
I'm bought. I'm I'm in on the game. Like I've I've bought in. I know that my choices matter. I know I what kind of feel we're going for. I know what's what's happening. Um, and JD is presenting like this is what he's after, and we, we kind of know what's what's up. So we've got the buy-in part. Agency matters. From JD's experience, he's set up a space where we can talk and discuss and do things that matter. Um, he has that safe place, and then players are making choices, and we're seeing the consequences of those choices. So every choice we're recognizing is matter, and so that develops that emotional connection. Now the fictional levers. Okay, this is the one that I, why I wanted to bring this up example up. Okay, um, there are we're in we're in a particular part of the part of the adventure where I know that the feeling that we're going for is a little bit of horror, which is awesome. But I've also I'm familiar enough with the scenario to know what's going on. But we're pulling on those levers anyways. We're pulling on those on those levers as is. Like, hey, it's scary. It's on. Okay, we're we're really we're really tugging with those things. So then for me as a player, what really builds that emotional connection is seeing the levers that that JD is pulling as a GM and me as a player pulling right or you know getting pulled right along not fighting engaging with it really building it in and it becomes a more emotionally impactful game because I'm playing along I'm I'm enjoying it I'm I can feel it I have I have the the horror is building because I am recognizing that I have a connection I see what's happening and providing spaces for for things to get for those strings to get pulled it's it's a play by post game it's it's what it's over text but the emotion is there because the elements needed for this feeling first approach have all been included versus i have been in other games where they weren't there and i can tell you from almost minute 1 when there was not enough buy in there wasn't enough agency there wasn't enough choices that mattered and there were not enough levers being pulled to develop those emotional connections it is a different experience altogether it just fell flat the game was hard and by the way this is yeah no one in the no one in the kiln this is this is before uh this is before this whole thing so no one's no one's had this uh i'm not talking about anybody here but th- those those three things buy-in agency and fictional levers if those aren't there it just you lose me you lose me as a player because i'm just not emotionally connected in and that for me is super important to how i like to play this hobby so buy-in agency fictional levers those are what i feel are some good elements for feel first design now that is kind of an overarching idea of how to develop or what I think is required to develop an emotional space. But I want to keep talking a little bit more about how um, how the feeling of the game is as important as the mechanics. Because I think that's another element of our hobby that we kind of get lost in is mechanics and emotions are not two separate things. You can't, uh, you can have one and have the other like it's they're not um exclusive you don't you know you don't have to sacrifice your mechanics for your for, for an emotional play but i was listening to the rpg mainframe 
um, Mechanics That Matter. It's episode 45. And Runehammer presented uh, the three criteria for if mechanics matter. And they were, is it exciting? Does it present a dilemma? And is it easy to remember? And that's that's clearly obvious in his ethos and his philosophy. You see it in ICRPG all over the place. I'm sure we will see it all over the place in Crown and Skull. These mechanics, if a mechanic matters, it will be exciting. It will present a dilemma and, is, and it will, they will be easy to remember. But for me, I also, as I'm planning my games and as I'm running my games, I like to also include one other criteria as I am developing mechanics and plotting out games. I'm not saying I'm 100% success at this, but I'm trying. And it's, does a mechanic help capture a feeling? This is super important to me. Does it capture a feeling? It may not make sense logically. It may not make sense, like, statistically. It may not make sense just even for what is happening, like, or whatever you would, like, for me, does a mechanic or does something that I'm doing as a GM help capture a feeling? If it does, I am more than willing to do it. An example, like an example of this, and, I'm, and there's lots of different ways, lots of different ways of this. An example of this is, I want there to be an element of dread. Okay, this is a, this is a common the common tactic in my games. I like an element of dread in my games, and so there are certain things that I will do that I have learned to try to develop that emotional sense of dread. Uh, one, I will just flat out say, "You feel dread," and as players who play with me often enough, eventually people figure out that if I say dread, it is a keyword that something is coming and that it does. It does develop a sense of dread because I'm, you know, I try to be uh, consistent with that promise. If I say the word dread, something will be coming and that's a key in for players. The other thing is, is I, um, I do like higher targets. I do like higher targets. Like if I raise the target, that is a, that is a, a lever that I'm pulling on to invoke a feeling of dread because to me I want that feeling um, to be shared across the table um, does it make sense all the time no but it's a it's a really easy one for me to pull uh, to invoke that feeling and there's there's a lot of other ones so as we think about our mechanics and as we think about our game sessions trying to think about does something help capture a feeling is something that I would invite everyone to consider and think about as you're playing it. Not just, does this mechanic accurately simulate the event that we're trying to, to simulate? The situation? Can I simulate something? Great. But can you invoke a feeling? Can you capture a feeling with something that you do at that in the table? Whether that be a simple mechanic like raising the target or dropping the target, or doing something mechanically, or can you use something more on a person-to-person, -person, interpersonal action? Is it something that you can say? Is it something that you can present? Is it something that you can talk about? Uh, is there something that you can show? Uh, there's multiple ways to do this, but trying to think of what can you do in your games to help capture a feeling 
and um, to try to develop what you're looking for as, as a game. So whether that is The Waste is Not Kind, whether that's sci-fi, whether that's fantasy, you know, Blacklight, Bearcats, Altered State, Xeno Dead Zone, like trying to think about what you're trying to achieve and then always looking back and asking, does this thing help capture the feeling? Uh, JD's, sorry JD, I'm talking about you a bunch, but uh, the uh, does the mechanic hurt or help tone? That was another great workshop we had where we talked about how mechanics can hurt that tone that we're going after. And I think that's this is also along the same lines. Is what you're doing in your game, is what the situation you're doing or or whatever, is it help capturing a feeling? Are you are you seeking after it? Does the uh, does the uh, does the goblin raid invoke the feeling that you want? Because like if you're looking for a dramatic game where there's lots of emotional drama and like mystery to what what's what's happening interpersonally, and you throw in a goblin raid, you can go like, hmm, I don't know if this makes a lot of sense to match with the feeling that I'm feeling or that I'm wanting. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I shouldn't have a goblin raid in my tea party drama. Although, that would still be kind of cool. And then the question would be like, okay, well, can I, can I develop some drama with a goblin raid at my tea party? I don't know. That's a good question to, good question to ask and it's something to think about. It's not just about, okay, how can I twist the, the, how can I roll a dice in a particular way to simulate whatever is happening? There's a lot of different ways to do it. But for me, that's where I just, again, I, I will always stand by the feeling of a game is just as important as the mechanics. I will stand by that and I will fight tooth and nail because it's just, Maybe, maybe it's just me. I will fight for it for me, but I will fight for it because how we as GMs or players feel in the game is just as important as how effectively we can implement the explicit mechanics presented in whatever system we're playing. Those, the, the, I can't remember where I heard it, but when you look back at your games, you're going to remember the feeling that you had when you saved your friend in a dire moment. That feeling you had when you slayed the dragon with, with an epic, you know, leap across the chasm. You're going to remember that feeling when the big bad revealed himself. You're not going to remember when you rolled that die in that way. You're not going to remember when you had to look up a rule to remember how to do something. The emotions of your game is what's gonna stick with you after the game is done. And so as a GM and as a player, I want that feeling to take, uh, uh, you know, I want, I want it to be important. I want us all to understand how important it is because that's what we're doing in this hobby. We're, we're trying to develop memories with our friends and the feelings that we're after is what we're going to remember. But what do you think? As always, I'm very grateful for uh, everyone listening in, tuning in in the kiln. Uh, we've got lots of projects ahead of us. Summer is here at last. 
I hope everyone enjoys any vacations they've got planned, or if not, just enjoy some time uh, with family and friends, doing your projects, playing some games, and rolling some dice. And I just want to say thank you all, and we'll see everyone in the kiln. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>